ghouls and goblins and everything in between. <laughs> Welcome oh, to a boy. very, very special holiday special version of Vans, Beers, and Buzzwords, the <laughs> Halloween edition 2021. <laughs> spooky. Spooky. And yes, this is not just special because it's a Halloween episode, uh, but it is also special because we have a third mic on the program. Yes. Who is that back there? Tis I, Jake Marino. Jake Marino, the newest addition to the Redefining Records cult. Uh, and of course, our old pal, our fearless leader, Andrew Schultz is here. Hi, it's me. It's him back from the dead to return again. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is the uh, the third time I've died now. I think we yeah. actually made a joke about me dying in, in the last episode we did together. Yeah, it was like an anime. Uh, you like yeah. died in like right. the first episode, then you came back stronger. Yes, with extra powers or something. Or I went to another world and I trained. You had like a comeback. Yeah, you had like a sicker outfit this time. Yes, exactly. I'm twice as buff now. I <laughs> can shoot laser beams twice as far. Uh, it's it's much better this time. Yeah, Jake. Jake, what can you do? <clears throat> I can I can listen real well, and that's about it. That's hey, the greatest superpower of all. I that know. that really is. That <laughs> takes true talent that most of us will never have. So, kudos. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know about you guys, guys, but uh... suck it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, continue, John. Continue with the <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah. So, uh special episode of the podcast tonight we've got a couple redefining records uh friends on here and tonight instead of doing any one particular album i thought why not we each pick two of our favorite spooky songs and we're gonna review them here on the podcast for you so uh, i hope you guys are ready uh if you have uh small children in the room they may need to leave because this is a spooky episode it's going to be scary how good it is. You, you watch, you listen. <laughs> That's right. Scary good. Um, Schultz, what, what songs did you pick for us today? Wait, shouldn't we do, shouldn't we do music news? <laughs> yeah, we should. Schultz, how about you do music news today? I've got it this time, John. Don't worry. You forgot how your own show works, but I didn't. <laughs> Good. That that that's why you're in charge, Schultz. Let's hear it. All right, music news. Music news. So, so it normally occurring sometime in August, the popular music festival Outside Lands is taking uh, place this weekend, October 29th to the 31st. Very spooky. Uh it's going to be at Golden Gate Park, San Francisco. And I was kind of wondering why it's called Outside Lands. And uh, so I looked it up. Also, normally it's in August. It's just over this weekend because of COVID. Um, but I looked it up. And it turns out the name Outside Lands comes from the fact that the area uh, used to be called Outside Lands in the 19th century. It's present day Richmond District and Sunset District in San Francisco. And basically that area for a long time had like no public transportation, no roads. It was just kind of like fucking 
inaccessible and un uninhabitable to say the least. And so I thought, what a perfect spooky setting for a Halloween festival. And so the news is really just that it's occurring on <laughs> Halloween weekend. But also, fun fact, uh, one of the headliners is Vampire Weekend. So, Oh, uh, that's spooky as hell. So there's a lot of fitting spookiness there, and that's your music news. Good. I like that. Right. Well, have you, have you been to Outside Lands, Schultze? You know what? I, you fucking got me. I have not. Well, neither have I, so that's I want okay. To. I'd love to, but just haven't, haven't made that pilgrimage yet. Yeah, I'm generally too busy celebrating my birthday to do that. And this year I'm going to be busy celebrating Halloween. Jake, have you ever been? No, the only music festival I've gone to is uh, Coachella and uh, Desert Days. I went to both of those with uh, Andrew Schultz. That's right. We did do both of those together. And actually, Desert Days was work. We went there on assignment. Yes. Uh, what, what, no what was leisure that? in that. Three years ago? Uh yeah uh maybe even four and you know what's funny uh headliner was also tame impala who is playing at outside lands this weekend and it was funny because their set got canceled at desert days because of rain and lightning and then they couldn't like be rescheduled to play the next day because they had to go to uh outside lands (laughs) <laughs> that is so fucking true and it's all coming together now i did not even plan this um it was pretty crazy we saw about two or three songs of their set before uh they were just like kevin parker was like uh the festival guy has to like say something to you guys now like on stage he just stops and then somebody comes out and's like all right guys like i'm so sorry but you're going to have to like go back to your cars, go to your tents because we're all maybe going to die and we got to stop this thing. <laughs> it was cl- so badass before though because like it was fucking it, raining and there was yeah. thunder in the distance. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, the lightning was like hitting on rhythm too. It was pretty cool. Damn. I was going to say talk about scary is like Kevin Parker doesn't even like make the announcement. He's just like, "Hey, and now here's this festival guy." <laughs> <laughs> he has to be like, "Tame Ball is canceled. Everybody go home." <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kevin Parker can't announce bad news. It's just in his contract. He's like, "Whatever happens, like I won't announce any bad news." <laughs> Good vibes only. Anyway, yeah. that's music news. <laughs> music news. All right. Um, damn, that was great. Uh, so let's let's introduce our songs here again. We're uh, we all chose our favorite spooky songs uh, for this episode. We're each going to be reviewing two of them. Uh, Schultz, what what songs did you pick? Right. Yes. This was you know it was challenging to pick just two songs. I gotta say, I had a lot of options that I really liked, but ultimately. Uh, my first song is Creep by The Fall, and my second song is Witches by Alice Phoebe Lou. Nice. These are some cool ones. Um, a little I'm old, a little new. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about them here. I think Jake's going to be like moderating yours, uh, but oh, still yeah. excited to hear. Um, and Jake, what did you pick? I did a Thriller by Michael Jackson. And then I also did. Who's that? <laughs> he's a he's a pop guy. 
He uh, is also known for other things that we won't get into. But uh, like what? The sex- like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got a real big backyard in his house. <laughs> All right. Well, and, uh, the uh, first the first buzz. Were- oh wait, say your second song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I uh, what? Oh yeah. Um, my second song is "No One Lives Forever" by Oingo Boingo. Yes, fuck yeah, it's a really cool song. Both really oh, cool yeah. songs. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about these. But yes, your first buzzword is make a joke about the criminal allegations against Michael <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> so I'm going to get right. you for that one. Um, <laughs> folks, if you're familiar with the show, you know how the buzzwords work. We're doing it a little differently this time. Uh, I think you heard Jake is going to be moderating Andrew's words. Andrew is moderating mine. I am moderating Jake. So we have split up the buzzword duties today. Uh, if you're new to the program, though, the way the buzzwords work is uh, each of us have written five buzzwords. These are words, tropes, phrases, um, cliches, whatever. That's if the person we are moderating mentions, we're going to stop them and make them take a drink. Uh, they do not know what these words are. Um, that's the buzzwords portion of Bands, Beers, and Buzzwords. Woo. Yay. Sweet. Jake, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a, uh, it's like a Belgian style beer. It's, it's like supposed to be like replicating what Trappist monks do, which sounds real fancy. So I'm drinking it and it's good. Can you explain? I don't, I don't know what that means. So like there's these monks in uh, Belgium, they're Trappist monks and they like. Love trap music? Uh, Probably. And they make this like world-renowned beer, and it's like super secret. But some people to like try to try to make it. And this is a I don't know. I got this last year for like I got it as like a white elephant gift um, for Christmas Eve, and I haven't drank it since. And uh, I'm drinking it right now, and I gotta say it's a uh, pretty good. Wow, special occasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's special beer. Nice. It is. It's nice and aged. Very nice. That's rad. That sounds really cool. Uh, What are you drinking, Schultz? I have prepared myself a nice little Moscow mule. Nice. Nice. Good for the uh, the cold weather here. It's fitting. Yeah. Andrew, I did use as one of my buzzwords, mention a cocktail. Oh, fuck. Yes. Yes. (laughs) All right, let's go. That was good. That has, I don't know what that has to do with Halloween or the music, but I, you know what? It doesn't I just know you too well. I just know you too well, Andrew. That was just a personal buzzword. That was a personal attack. (laughs) And and I salute you. It was, it was a good move. All right. All right. Well, John, why don't you, well, I guess we're going to start with Jake's songs. And John will moderate, so Yay. one of you start saying things about Michael Jackson that hasn't been said okay. already. <laughs> <laughs> well, I chose Thriller by Michael Jackson because, I don't know, it's a bit of an obvious choice, but I do think that that song is like one of the best pop songs ever made and kind of all facets of music creation. I don't know. I just think it's like, one of the best written songs like the production isn't i mean quincy jones is like one of the better music producers ever and like that song i mean kind of the whole album like every time you listen to it there's something new that you can hear going on um so i don't know that's that's why i picked it so yeah 
Yeah, that's a. It, I'll uh, I'll I'll hit you here. Uh, mention Quincy Jones buzzword <laughs> for you. Um, but uh, yes, I actually remember the first time that. Uh, well, I remember the first time I saw the Thriller music video, but I also remember the first time I I sat down and listened to the entire Thriller album all the way through start to finish, and I was like blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is literally the best pop music ever made. Oh yeah, I totally agree that and off the wall i yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's unbelievable man and like his duet with fucking paul mccartney on there and shit and just oh man but uh anyways yeah we're talking about the single um this is a great one you don't often get like a like a a spooky song that's like a big hit you know like i feel like that's so weird um but this is like one of the most famous songs of all time it is. And like all the I feel like most of the famous spooky songs are kind of like corny and campy. You got like Monster Mash and stuff like that. That's uh, but this song is uh, not. I mean, the music video is cheesy, but like in a cool way. I feel like it's just very like 80s cheesiness that is now really cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a. Uh, What's what's cool about it is just like how much stuff that that Quincy Jones can like fit inside the song without it like it never sounds crowded or like too much. Everything just fits so perfectly in its place. Like yeah. It it really does cuz it's parts of it are like like it's it's such a grand like kind of opening and stuff and then I feel like the verses it's like weirdly sparse but you don't even notice it because like he just perfectly brings in those little uh, synth hits and like uh, the harmonies. And then he's got the little uh, wolf howls and things going throughout just to keep you in that spooky mindset. I mean, it's, it's so good. Yeah. The, the, the production and arrangement on it really makes it. Um, and that music video too, if, if you guys don't know, was directed by John Landis who did uh, what else did he do? Uh, he did other eighties like horror stuff. It's like he's he's not quite like a John Carpenter, but he's like a 80s horror guy. So, yeah, kind of a big name on that, too. So that's super cool. I love apparently, this. Song. Apparently he did uh, Animal House. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's and, right. That's what it is. Yeah. The Blues Brothers, American Werewolf in London. Mm. There you go. There wow. you go. Yeah, this guy was a big deal in the 80s and then did like nothing else after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so super cool. I mean, they got a big, big name for that music video. And it's a cool music video, too. Like, it's uh, I, I feel like uh, it's something you see more and more now is kind of the uh, like cinematic music video that's like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes long. It's not just the song. There's like other shit going on, too. And so super cool. I don't know. Yeah, I think like the art of the music video kind of died down after like the 90s or something. But it's like seeing a resurgence just because of YouTube. So that's kind of cool and yeah like now you're seeing all these big budget music videos because they know that like they could just if they can make it viral then got a big old hit yeah yeah <laughs> it's super rad um uh so this song too i wanted to ask i'm gonna ask for both the songs but uh you kind of already explained it but what made you choose this song? Like, is it is it just that it's a real famous song or does it have any sentimental meaning to you or anything like that? Uh, 
Probably probably just more because it was the obvious choice. And yeah. I was waiting, like when uh, Andrew was setting this thing up, I was waiting for someone else to pick it. But since no one else did, I was like, I, m- I might as well just because it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's the and one. It's, it's yeah. the one. <laughs> it's the one. I feel like this wouldn't be proper if we weren't talking about Michael Jackson's thriller. Yeah. Agreed. It's it's a great one to start with. And I, I feel like, I don't know, I can't speak for you, Andrew, but I almost like intentionally didn't choose this one. Um, almost for the same reason, like I kind of figured someone else would want to do it. So I was like, well, I'll pick something else because I, I'll leave it for I'll let one of my guests have it, you know, like kind of that sort of thing. <laughs> I don't know how you guys live with yourselves talking about <laughs> this man who did these things. <laughs> No, I'm just fucking around. It's pretty great that uh, this is the first song we're talking about, too. It is it is the quintessential both ho- uh, Halloween song and pop song. So I uh, I agree with what you have both said. Yes. Yeah. I also, uh, I was, I saw this TikTok and it was this guy who was like, just kind of uh soloing out like all the vocal harmonies that mj is a uh, like layering on oh god it is so wild like just how yeah. how many layers just get thrown on there but also it's interesting because like they're not like perfect like when you solo them out you can hear like he's not hitting every note like perfectly and so it's just like i but i think that makes the the texture of the vocal harmonies like so much cooler I don't know. The human element. The human element. We we want we want slight imperfections in our sound, do we not? We do. If it's we too do. if it's too artificial, we we can recognize it and it doesn't sound right. That's How right. Weird. At least that's what I tell myself when I'm doing a shitty job <laughs> mixing my music. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, well, your uh, your second song, Jake, is uh, kind of a banger too. Definitely not as famous as Thriller, but uh, still by a pretty pretty huge '80s band, and and still a pretty accessible, cool song. What what's your second song? It is "No One Lives Forever" by. Oingo Boingo, led by none other than Danny Elfman, um, who people might recognize a little more. Danny Elfman's the guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas, all that good stuff, the Simpsons theme song, of course. Um, and this this one I kind of picked more for like sentimental reasons because uh, Oingo Boingo is a very nostalgic band. Uh, my mom always jokes that like the reason why musical is because they went to like a um, a concert when my mom is like. Well, like six months pregnant with me so she's oh. bouncing, bouncing around the pit i'm just getting rocked around by uh by danny elfman's great music <laughs> that's pretty great actually so you've you've got just the essence of oingo boingo going through your veins right now it's in your blood i sure do you want to hear something kind of weird oh I thought yeah for the absolutely. longest time <laughs> I, I thought for the longest time that danny elfman was a uh, asian i don't know why but then i saw a picture of him i'm like oh he's like super not asian at all <laughs> that, that you know what you set it up correctly it was pretty strange but i <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you shared that <laughs> yes now the world knows but yeah nice. this whole album is pretty cool um and yeah uh 
they're just a really cool fan. I think like Oingo Boingo was kind of like known for doing like Halloween shows too, so I felt it yeah. was quite fitting to pick this band. This whole album really, right? Is it isn't the album Dead Man's Party? It is. Yeah, that- I was I was gonna ask why uh why this song over Dead Man's Party? I feel like that's the the really famous one. I feel like No One Lives Forever is a little spookier. It kind of is, huh? Fair enough. Yeah, it just got like those little horn lines and stuff, like the the piano just kind of hitting on the yeah. So I just it scares me more. That's yeah, why. Dead Man's Party has more of that uh almost kind of like uh like ska vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um whereas this one you're right, it is a little more like classically spooky. Mm. Uh any do you have any more questions for Jake John on your um no that was that was kind of it i just wanted to see why he picked it and stuff um i was i was still planning on four of us being here maybe we should maybe we should go into that what happened to our other uh... <laughs> oh yes <laughs> so originally uh, this was going to be a four-person podcast and uh the wonderful emily was going to join us again as she, she had before for our last group podcast um but she is super sick now, uh, so she is not able to make it tonight. She's feeling bad. She's resting up, and hopefully she gets better soon. But originally, she was going to be part of this, and her songs were going to be... Well, they still are. They can be part of this. We can, we can say what they are. <laughs> uh, her songs were California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. She had mentioned to me that she just felt like it had a spooky vibe, even though it's not really Halloween themed. I was going to say that one within the first two lines, uh, they specifically say, I went for a walk on a winter's day. Yeah, it's it's really not October, (laughs) fall, Halloween, but she just felt like it was spooky. And uh, I support that. It's also really relevant. It's kind of a song that blew up on TikTok over the last few months. Really? Yeah, it's been used been the backtrack to many a tiktoks um so it kind of had a resurgence here recently and then her second song was going to be heads will roll by the yeah yeah yeahs which nice. uh, is a great choice i think yep. and uh, mm-hmm. that is a little more uh typical of a halloween playlist but uh both great songs sad we cannot hear her take on those maybe uh i don't know maybe we'll get her on in the future and she can add in uh add something in retrospect yeah i i encourage the uh the listeners to go check those out anyways i'm sure we'll make like a little playlist of all uh all eight of these songs um you know just just so the uh, viewers can hear them i have a spooky playlist too on my spotify maybe we'll share that i think it's like two hours long or something so i'll be sure to add all these songs to that maybe we'll share that so let's let's do both we'll do yeah we'll do a condensed version of just these eight songs and we'll also share uh john's podcast uh, not podcast a playlist yep freaking Um, mediums man (laughs) always floating around in my head what's the difference um here's here's a good question jake have you ever had a uh like a spooky encounter like a ghost or cryptid or something unexplained or supernatural um i can't you know what not me but uh my neighbors um i went over there one one time this is years ago and we did a ouija board Mm. and i guess there's like a proper way of of leaving the the ouija board 
um, where you like you had to like put it on goodbye or whatever. And we didn't do that. And my neighbors told me like a bunch of weird shit started to happen like after that Ouija board thing. Like uh the like there it's a two story house and there's like steps that lead to like a little porch area and like one of my neighbors they're like their bedroom is right next to that and she said that she would hear like footsteps going up and down late at night there was like tvs and radios going off randomly so um yeah i don't know um i i'm glad we didn't do the ouija board at my house so i didn't have to deal with any of that so that's probably the closest thing to a spooky encounter is that i assisted in and igniting the spookiness that's pretty spooky man it's pretty spooky what what about you uh yeah so not a whole lot uh one thing though that happened actually somewhat recently um back uh it was over labor day weekend in fact of this year um i was driving out to sedona arizona um with my girlfriend and we left uh at like probably four to four thirty AM uh on a Saturday morning. Sorry, Friday morning. And so we were driving out. Uh we were out on the 10. Uh would have been around about 29 palms. So kind of where the windmills are, you know? Oh yeah. Um so it would have been, you know, five to five thirty in the morning. Sun was not up yet. It was still dark. And uh weirdest thing, I was driving. Okay, I'm in the driver's seat and like weirdest thing for some reason I kind of had this thought of like, what if I saw like a UFO right now? I just like had this thought and like in my mind's eye, I kind of like imagined a little something off, uh, off, you know, in the windscreen off kind of near, uh, from my point of view, where kind of right behind where the um, rear view mirror would be. So kind of that like quadrant of the sky there, just in my mind's eye, I thought, what if there was like a UFO? Super weird. Right after I thought that I look right there. And there's this light and it it uh it's like this point of light kind of like a star just this point of white light and it shoots directly downwards kind of looks like a how a meteor would go like uh you know a shooting star would go across the sky except it didn't fade so it, it was just this solid beam of light uh and it stopped and it was just this solid beam of light in the sky and then the whole thing disappeared at once and that was oh. it 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 lasted maybe uh one Mississippi and it was just gone. Super weird. I don't know. I don't know what that was. <laughs> well, if there is a UFO, then uh what better place to be than uh twenty nine palms? Yeah, right? I believe it. Like yeah. perfect setting. So I don't know nice. what it was. I, I guess in a very literal definition, it was an unidentified flying object. So <laughs> it's a very vague definition, which is helpful for a lot of people who are looking for them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I feel well, like there was news recently about something about the government, like confirming that UFOs were real, and it was just. And then you're like, okay, but what does that mean exactly? Because UFO, they're just like admitting, yeah, we're not sure what that was. Yeah, right. Like they uh they well they released that footage. There were a couple different pieces of footage, but one of them was uh I think it was taken off of like an F-18 off the USS Nimitz uh-huh. back I think a couple years ago. Good and old it was Nimitz. like good old Nimitz, right? And so it was like FLIR, like infrared footage and it's this light moving all weird and and uh you can hear the guys on the radio kind of like, you know, what the hell is that? And uh 
yeah, they put out the footage and just said, yeah, we don't know. We don't know what that was. Look at this. It's weird. We have no idea what it was. And that's kind of all they said. So really strange. Spooky. Very spooky. There's been like a bunch of people from like the armed forces that said like, that's not even unusual. Like that just happens all the time. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you you think, do you guys think aliens have, have touched earth? Yeah. Let's dig into this. I don't think they've touched earth now. I See, think they yeah, might I, exist somewhere. I, I think they've got to exist. I think just uh, statistically, they, there must be something out there. But yeah, for them to reach Earth, I mean, it would have to be, you know, the, the, the level of technology to, to travel like that. I mean, even at the speed of light, it would take so long. So they would have to have some kind of, a, you know, portal or something that kind of uh, travels outside the realm of like, you know, linear propulsion right so mm-hmm. i i don't i don't yeah. even know man it's that gets pretty sci-fi and pretty uh speculative <laughs> so <laughs> they'd have sure to be does. real sneaky also so they're just you know they're laying low if, if it has happened yeah i mean they wouldn't honestly they wouldn't even have to be that sneaky until like until like now now that everyone has like cameras on them at all true times. true <clears throat> But yeah, did you did you guys watch that Bob Lazar thing? I did. I don't. I don't buy his story. You don't. I yeah. yeah I don't think. Yeah, he's a. Uh, sometimes it's like easy to believe him, but sometimes it's like I don't know. Here's here's my know. theory. Here's my theory about Bob Lazar. You want to hear my theory about Bob Lazar? Can somebody yes. uh, explain who that is oh, for yes. us okay. listeners who don't know who that is? <laughs> yeah. Here, J- Jake. Why don't you do it? So um, he kind of gained like a lot of a. Uh, notoriety or fame from uh he was like on a joe rogan podcast and uh ah. he basically said like he used to work at um i don't think he worked at area 51 um but he worked at a place close to that and said that he like was tasked by the uh government to like reverse engineer a uh a alien spaceship that that they captured and so of he course. just goes into right. yeah he just goes into what he was supposed to do with that and but obviously, who knows if he's telling the truth? Yeah, I, there there are a lot of like inconsistencies with his story that he or his su- supporters will spin as like, well, well, of course, like one of them is like he claims that he has a PhD from what MIT or something, but then MIT has no record of him or he he attended like a summer class there that kind of like anyone could take like this sort of you know. And that was it. That's their only record of him. So then, of course, he says, well, of course, that's what it shows because the government deleted my <laughs> files, right? So it's like, oh, uh, because there's no proof, it's more proof, actually. I don't know. I think Bob Lazar uh, probably was a some kind of a contractor at, at, the, at the Area 51 or whatever facility he's at. But, but you know if you like there's a taco bell in area 51 i don't know if you know this but they they have a taco bell in the in the mess hall and so like if you're gonna work at the taco bell there you're a contractor like they they don't just hire like random people like you have to work for a you know a, a private company that contracts with the federal government and you have to get a security clearance and you have to do all this stuff right so i think he was some kind of a contractor because there are records of him with this private contracting company there are records of that so I think he was a contractor. I don't know what he was doing there. Maybe he was a janitor. Maybe he worked at Taco Bell. I don't know. And I think I think he found out about 
some kind of crazy aircraft or weapon that they were testing. And he realized, oh, yeah, every Wednesday night they they shoot the crazy weapon into the sky. So then he went and told all of his friends, hey, hey, you know, I'm working on UFOs out here. You better come see him with me because that's how he got his start is back in the, I think, late 80s. He was telling people, come with me on a Wednesday night at 730 p.m. and stand right here and you're going to see a UFO. And it worked. It happened. So I think he was he found out about some weapon or some aircraft and he went and he he did his little trick and he oh look what I it's you it's a UFO guys and I think the Air Force found out about it and they said all right Bob guess what you're telling everybody in America that you're seeing UFOs now you know what I mean I think they're like <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> you're the UFO guy now Bob you better go tell everyone out there that there are UFOs in the sky and and not what you really saw you know what I mean I think that's Bob's story so in summary, we could say that Bob Lazar might be a creep. Yes. Transition. 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 Yes. Andrew, what songs yeah. did you pick? So the first song, a song called Creep, actually, uh, I guess it's, it's not an acronym, even though it's spelled in all caps with dots. I don't know. I guess they, they spelled it that way because it's, in the song, the letters are sang out one by one. So, but it's not an acronym. It's called Creep by The Fall. So, The Fall, for those people who don't know, I don't know much. There's a lot to know. They've been around for a really long time, since 76. Uh, they've been active all the way up until 2018. And they have way too much stuff going on to ever cover in an episode <laughs> about Halloween. But basically, the summary of the band is they were somewhat part of the punk revolution in the 70s, evolved to be post-punk, sort of new wave in the 80s. They did dance music in the 90s. There's only one real member who has lasted the whole time, which is vocalist, lyricist Mark E. Smith. And uh, they have 32 studio albums, which is a lot. Uh Plus, that's not including live albums and compilations, of which there are many. And uh, that's why there's also like three or four different versions of this song on Spotify of Creep. So if you look it up, you might hear a few different versions. The one I like is, I guess, sort of the original. It's on the album, The Wonderful and Frightening World of the Fall. Uh, originally released in 1984, but there was like a CD version that came out in 88 that I guess had this version of Creep with like an intro in the beginning, which is really creepy. Um, Brick Smith, uh, part of the band, she does like a spoken word intro at the beginning, which is super spooky. Um, so if you guys haven't listened to that version, highly recommend it because it just adds to the spookiness. Okay, yeah, I don't know if I heard that version because the one I heard was way more kind of uh, '80s, like uh, kind of almost like Cure feeling, or like yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're not off because most of the song is that. It's just a spoken word, like 15 second bit at the beginning. Uh, uh, I'll send it to you. It should be okay. the one. I don't, yeah, it should be the one we put on the playlist, honestly. Um, but yeah, the song itself is very like '80s kind of kind of boppy it's got like a new wavy fun uh, groovy you know bass line that bounces all over the place it's got those synth bells going on uh but the lyrics are pretty uh creepy you could say uh 
basically there have been people who have said they think the song was written about a former guitarist from the band. Uh, and that guitarist himself thinks that the song is about him. The fall went through many bandmates, as you can imagine, over the course of whatever, like four decades. So at some point, somebody came up with a theory that this song, which is, you know, written all about this guy who's a creep, uh, was about a former bandmate. But uh, Smith, both Brick Smith, who is the girlfriend and later wife of Mark Smith, the lead singer, uh, sort of deny that. And they said it was just a song about every creep in the world. They deny that it was about any one person. I guess later on, Bricks uh, wrote in a memoir that it was sort of maybe about a former tour manager. Oh, uh, interesting. Who was like a huge dickhead, as they describe. Uh, on like a European tour, they had this fucking awful, nasty tour manager who was like, would keep the band's money in like a briefcase, like handcuffed to his arm or something. Very odd, very odd stuff. <laughs> but basically, it's a spooky song, but it's got like an 80s dance pop vibe to it that is really catchy. And um, did you say dancey? Did I say dancey? <laughs> did you say yeah, dancey? Yes, you did. Ah, that's funny because one of my buzzwords is say the word dancey. <laughs> you fucking got me. You you really do know Schultzy, don't you? <laughs> oh, I know. I'm like the like the back of my hand. So I I'm gonna just keep <laughs> drinking because I know the next thing I say has got to be maybe a buzzword as well. The reason I found this song in the first place, I don't remember exactly when I discovered it, but uh, the fall has obviously been influential on many bands, including Sonic Youth, Pavement, Gorillas, but notably very influential on mm-hmm. Mr. James Murphy of LCD Sound System. <laughs> I'll just keep on drinking. Of course. Of course. <laughs> you um, knew I would I- go there. I was going to say, oh, yeah. I, I, I did not know that uh, Mark E. Smith was the fall. And I the way I knew the name Mark E. Smith is because Gorillaz, uh, Mr. Damon right. Albarn, uh, has, I think, on what, G-Sides, maybe? Mark E. Smith does a remix or two of, of some of his songs. Maybe it's on G-Sides, I forget. But um, yep. I know that they have at very least collaborated. Yeah, that is, yep. That makes sense. I didn't know that myself. I'm not definitely not an expert, but that makes a lot of sense. And I knew that they were connected. So that's cool. Cool to hear. Uh, another cool thing about this song, during this era, the band had two drummers, which is fun. Don't see that too often. And uh, they used to do uh, double bass on a lot of these songs on the album. So... Uh, Steve Hanley played bass and Paul Hanley played keys during this time. There were brothers in this band. Two brothers. Wow. Two brothers. So that's fine. Wow. Um, that's, that is pretty fun. Yeah, so that's about that's about all I got to say about this song. It's fun. Well, you, uh, you answered a good amount of my questions. I, I mean, I was going to go into like how you learned about the fall, but I, I figured you, you found out about them through James Murphy saying something about him. That's the only way I discover anything. And it's like when you <laughs> listen to the uh when you listen to the fall, like how Marky Smith says things. Yeah. 
you could totally hear like on that first lcd sound system album like james murphy's just kind of doing his like best marky smith impersonation 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah oh you know what also there was one other funny thing uh about speculation about who this song was about at one point some fans thought it was about morrissey uh, oh. I guess there was like a feud at some point between the fall and the Smiths, but I don't, I don't know. That's all I, that's all I know. Who has Morrissey not feuded with? That's true. That's yeah. so, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of a disagreeable bastard, huh? He sure is. For somebody who ostensibly is attracted to everyone on earth, he's a really tough guy to get along with. It seems like. <laughs> 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 absolutely i did think i saw some old reviews of this album and there were some nice lines from some critics uh richard cook from nme said they have their own world which still has wonder and fright in it the preferred Ooh. line of attack remains insidious subversion and i just thought those were some good lines to describe the song <laughs> especially and that album very halloweeny it definitely is. definitely i got, I, I got dropped some bars for for a review yes yeah yeah very esoteric but but uh but good so uh how, how much fall do you know andrew oh very little very little. very little yeah well i mean yeah i definitely have just scratched the surface i'm trying to remember because creep wasn't like the first song that i listened to by them but it was kind of the one that I listened to recently. I don't. I think it literally was like in a YouTube interview with James Murphy where he mentioned this song particularly. But interesting. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was one other song, and I could. I'm gonna look it up real fast because the fall. I. I mean, obviously, there's other good stuff to go through. Oh yeah. So the song Paintwork. I don't know if you know that one. I do not. That's a great song as well. Um, recommend anyone who likes, who wants to dig into that whole post-punk, dancey oh. 80s vibe. Uh, Pate Works a really good song. So I, I listened to that one like a bunch of months ago, and then I don't know how I came across Creep, but yeah. I've done very little. I need to dig in more, and it's, it's one of those bands where they have, tw- what did I say, like 30 studio albums i don't yeah just like way, a stupid amount of albums just like way too many uh and it's funny i know i remember john was talking about this with somebody in his last podcast or uh, right you were talking about just like those kind of bands that are so huge and have done so much that it's scary for people to get into right because you're like yeah how do i start where do i start like i you know like anywhere i listen might not give me the whole idea so i choose not to dive in because that's scary yeah. so i feel a little bit that way about the fall there's just a lot to dig into and i don't know much yeah i uh i i'm more familiar with like their albums before that like that album that that creep is on mm. so things like like live at the Ridge trials and the slate yeah. tp and that kind of stuff like before um marky smith's girlfriend got into the band yeah Those are the albums that i was introduced to um and it's a it's a very different fall is it more punky is it like heavier um yeah i would definitely say it's it's more like i mean i'm like you know i'm I'm using air quotes avant-garde 
yeah. I guess it's it's definitely less like uh, conventionally structured. And yeah, it's yeah the like the album that Creep is on the the wonderful and frightening world of the fall. Yeah, it's definitely a much more digestible album for sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I had kind of read about Brick Smith joining the band. Is like during her time, and she she didn't stay in it for too long. I don't know what happened to them, but. Uh, she was in it from like 83 to 89 and I guess it was just represented by just more pop hooks and more conventional song structures. So during that time, which, you know, it depends who you are as a listener, what will appeal to you. But as with many bands that survive for this long, so many different eras of different styles and, uh, you know, that's definitely, I, I like a little more pop hook and structure in my music. So I get why I gravitated towards this song. Yeah, it's uh it seems very right up your alley. Yeah. And uh the next song which is is also pretty pretty right up your alley too. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this is uh so the next song I chose is Witches by Alice Phoebe Lou, which is a much newer song, but I felt like still kind of connected to the last song in a in a sort of vibey way. Um Alice Phoebe Lou, definitely less prolific because she's a more recent artist. Uh, she released this single in 2020. Uh, it was actually released in March, though, so it wasn't like meant to be, which I should say with The Fall, that album that Creep was on was originally released in October. So, Ooh, I mean, they had a lot of albums that were kind of creepy, spooky, you know. <laughs> they leaned into that a bit. So, Oh, yeah. But uh, Witches by Alice Phoebe Lou was released in March 2020. She is from South Africa originally, but I think she's based in Berlin now. It's a buzzword, baby! Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Mention South Africa. Mm. You did your research. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, how many is that's been four? How many have I gotten? It is. I think that, yeah, that's four, huh? And there's one more there's for one me? One more. Oh, I hope there's I get one it. One more. Um, so, she is a, you know, a singer-songwriter slash band leader. Uh, originally, she just wanted to be a street performer, apparently. She's very, like, artsy, like, doesn't care about success. And, of course, that makes her more successful. Uh, you know, she's, she's like said, she's comfortable, like just if she has enough to eat and have a place to live, she's happy. She doesn't care if she is popular, but, um, of course that just makes everyone like her more. And, uh, she's got a very like ethereal, dreamy, otherworldly type pop sound, but mixed in with some folk and some rock vibes as well. And, uh, you get a little bit of all that on this song, I think. It's very like hypnotic. It's not necessarily scary. It's not really spooky, but it's kind of got a enchanting sort of feel good vibe. But the lyrics obviously relate back to Halloween because it's about witches, witches, and how she is a witch, but she sort of like is taking it in like a, I don't know self empowerment kind of way. She's like. I'm one of those witches, you know, like, don't fuck with me, basically. Like, I can put a spell on you, and 
Uh, it's also, I think, about music and like the music creation process in general. When I really listen to it, like she talks about, you know, having your own form of magic and putting people under a spell. And I think that's what she thinks what she is doing uh, with her music. And I think anyone who makes music can agree there's a bit of magic in the process uh, when things are going well. So uh, it's, yeah, it's a really fun song. It's fast paced. There's a good beat to it. Kind of feels like you're on a midnight adventure and you're running through the night and uh, she's a really cool artist. And she uh, also fun fact, apparently refuses to sign a record deal. She's totally independent DIY. And apparently this was the first song she's ever recorded to tape. Oh, wow. Interesting. So that's all, that's all I have to say. Yeah, I uh, I had no clue who Alice Phoebe Lou was uh, before you you told me to listen to this song. So uh, this was kind of a fun find, and uh, the difference between the first and second listen for me were were pretty pretty drastic. Because the first yeah. time I was listening to it, it was like I was just kind of listening to it in the background, doing other things. But the second time I listened to it, I was listening to it attentively, and yes. I didn't like I didn't even realize how how complex like the arrangement was absolutely kind of going back to the mj thing like it's she fits in a lot of these a lot of these noises and it just seems so cohesive together but like when you really like listen with headphones and like pick everything out you're like oh there's like a lot of a lot of noises going on here absolutely they all work together and uh yeah and then i did a little wikipedia search on her and yeah she's like a badass she like all these record companies are kind of like just begging for her to sign to them. And she's just kind of like, nah, I'm going to do it by myself. And everything that she's released is, is independent as fuck. And I yeah. think it's really cool. Absolutely. I agree. And I think you, uh, yeah, you said it perfectly. I mean, that really is what great pop music is. Like if it's, if it's really good pop music, like it's going to seem almost seamless and you can listen to it and not necessarily notice everything. But if you so choose to listen very alertly and attentively, you find all these hidden little gems in the background or in the mix where you're like, wow, whoa, like, how do they do that? That just is so seamless, but it's a lot of depth. Yeah, it's like she has like an ear for music or something, but yeah, it's like she's fucking talented or something. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but apparently... Well, I guess you already mentioned this, but she wanted to do fire dancing before she realized that music was a more lucrative way of, <laughs> of earning a living. So. That's funny. I didn't know that. I just had seen, yeah, she had said something about street performing. So that's funny that she, she is very like, uh, seems like a character. I, I'm excited to listen to more of her music and, and get learn more about her for that reason. She seems like an interesting person for sure. Yes. I'm uh, I'm very glad that you picked that song. Although you were you did throw an audible my way. I you did, were going to yeah. pick uh, a suicide song, Ghost Rider. Yeah. I do like some some suicide, but uh I'm glad you, I'm glad you threw the audible. You know what? I, and it's funny. New. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that cuz I I had originally thought I'd go with Ghost Rider by Suicide, but when I was kind of preparing, I felt like a lot of the things I would have to say for Ghost Rider were the same types of things I was going to say for Creep. And, um, you know, Suicide, also big influence on LCD sound system. And I was like, I, I'm just kind of doing a similar thing here. I want to do something different. 
and I wanted to make sure we hit something a little modern as well, uh, which led me. Sure. And then I think I actually first discovered this song, uh, credit to, I don't know if it's exactly credit to him. I heard this song for the first time at Aiden Danzy's apartment. So I don't know if he was on cue or one of his housemates was on cue, but uh, that was where I first heard Witches, and I immediately shazammed it and was like, what is this? This is good. Um, and then I remembered, I was like, this is a new song that is also kind of creepy Halloween-y, so it all worked out nicely. And lastly, that leads me to a question I had written down for both of you. I wanted to hear what everyone's third choice was going to be. Of course, John still needs to talk about his top two, but... What was yeah, what was I, the edge song? Uh, the the uh, honorable mention. Well, it's funny in in talking right now. I'm thinking of so many others uh, that I would have loved to have included. Um, you use the phrase uh, like put a spell on somebody. So I think of yeah. Creedence Clearwater Revival. I put a spell on you. Yeah. Uh, also, Creep being a Radiohead song. Radiohead has several insanely spooky songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, namely, uh, the one I think of is that uh, what's the one off of Hail to the Thief? I think it's on Hail to the Thief. Uh, it's like, um, uh, I might be wrong, uh, is super creepy. That might be on Kid A. Uh, but yeah, Hail to the uh, no, that would be on, I think that's uh, not Kid A, but the one after uh, Amnesiac. Amnesiac, Amnesiac yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. I might be wrong, is super creepy. It's about Tom York seeing a ghost, um, mm. and then, uh, others uh, another big one that i wanted to include was uh good old warren zevon werewolves of london oh yeah yeah Ooh, so classic. a classic um and of course gorillas are creepy as fuck their early stuff especially yeah. um is very there's a lot of paranormal and and ghostly kind of stuff going on with their music and kind of demonic otherworldly uh supernatural themes in their music too so some of my favorite bands for sure um but my two the two that made the cut are the specials ghost town and uh haunted house uh the version by roy buchanan lovely john might i suggest a quick break before we dive into your two choices yes let's do it Uh, let's dive back in. Uh, John was just uh, introing his two songs to us. Yes. So the two uh, the two songs uh, for me that made the cut are Haunted House, uh, the version by Mr. Roy Buchanan, and uh, Ghost Town by The Specials. And uh, it's funny, Ghost Town by The Specials, I'll, I'll tell you why I picked it. Uh, it, like ghost town is always a song that to me like every time i put it on i feel like everybody's gonna know it or like for this i had this weird thing like oh i need to tell andrew that i want to do ghost town before someone else picks it and i forget <laughs> that like not a lot of people know this song actually um but for me when i think of halloween music of any kind this is the song that comes to mind is ghost town by the specials yeah it's funny you describe it that way because like when I first pulled it up after you had mentioned it, it was it did sound like one of those things I listened to and I'm like, I, I know this and I feel like I should know it better. Uh, it feels like it should be one of those quintessential songs. Maybe it is for some people like yourself. Like I felt like some, you know, I recognized it to an extent, but I felt like I didn't know it as well as I should have. Yeah, it's uh, and, and it's funny because it was like... Um... 
I forget which publication, but some publication called it like single of the year in 1981, which is when it came out. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was called single of the year. And it was like spent like three weeks at, uh, well, was it three weeks at number one or just three weeks, like maybe top 10? I forget. But it was it spent significant time in the at the top of the charts, uh, at very least in England. Yeah. Uh, where it came out. And so it was like a big hit and it came out actually in the summer. Uh, funny enough, it came out in June of 81. So this was like the sound of the summer. This was the, uh, <laughs> uh, this was the, uh, get lucky daft punk of, uh, 1981 England. So. Spooky summer, <laughs> spooky summer, spooky summertime, which for me, I don't know about you guys. I, I love Halloween. Halloween's my favorite holiday. Uh, and I start to get in the mood actually, maybe not quite in June, but for sure, July and August, I start to get a little bit spooky. That's when I'll start, uh, breaking out my, uh, MR James or, uh, 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 what, what's the fucker's name? HP Lovecraft or any of the spooky short stories that I'll read. Um, I'll break those out during the summertime is actually when I start. So that's I, nice. I feel yeah. I'm glad we're doing this then. This is, this should be bringing you some joy. It is. Well, I, w- I was the one that suggested it. You were, remember? yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm still really excited. You you had texted me a few weeks ago saying you had already kind of made a, a version of the theme song for this episode. I did. And I haven't heard it yet. And I don't, I want to hear it when everyone else does. You will. You will. It and I'm really cool looking forward and, to it. And fun fact, uh, Jake and I were talking during the break about my bass guitar. Well, that bass guitar was on loan to Mr. Aiden Dancy to practice for our gig. Uh, And so when I went to write this song and record it, I I got my guitar, my orange guitar, the one that I used in college. Yes, Uh, I know it well. Jake, you don't know this, but I have a guitar that's painted to match that bass. The bass and guitar oh. are like a matched. It's a matched pair. Yeah. So uh, I grabbed that guitar, uh, which sits leaning against my bed and really quick recorded the song and then went to reach for my bass and realized it was at Aiden's house. So I, I ran the guitar through an octave yeah. uh, and, and then ran it through a, you know, quote unquote, bass amp in Logic and uh, <laughs> pretended it was a bass. So. Hey, maybe there that will go. add to the effect. Yeah, super creepy, right? Which, side note, uh, to the listeners, coming soon-ish, me and John here are going to come at you with a series where we're going to do a little guitar build together. It's, it's next is up this on the happening? list. It's going to happen. It is happening. And uh, <laughs> we're going to start working on it soon. Okay, because I already have a... In the next 30 days. It'll in start. In the next 30 days. Okay. It'll, yeah. It'll, I'm with it. It'll begin. It'll be a process, but. I'm with it, man. I'm super with it. Um, I, uh, I've got a new guitar on my list that I want to build. So I'm like itching for one. So. Heck yeah. Nice. Um, well, cool. So yeah. Uh, Ghost Town by the Specials. I've, I've already, excuse me, I've already alluded to it a little bit, but um, the specials uh, were uh are i guess i think they're still around i think they do like reunion tours different lineup but um uh, in fact they broke up right after this single came out but uh this uh the specials are a i guess second wave kind of ska band uh out in england uh they're what's known as a two-tone ska band um so if you didn't know that you know the checkers like the black and white checkers on a lot of ska bands that's the two-tone ska and that actually refers to the fact that it's uh black guys and white guys in the same band Ah. Um, yeah, because ska came from Jamaica, of course, right. uh, spawned from the dance hall music and then uh, 
you know, led to reggae, uh, which uh, then spread to Britain because of uh, the harder they come. Uh, so you get uh, uh, Toots and the My Talls and stuff. Great film. And of course, The Clash referenced that film directly in a number of their songs, so on and so forth. But so, yeah, second wave of ska, two tone. They're black and white in the same band. Um, early 80s in Britain, uh, the, the Clash or sorry, the specials are touring around Britain and they're seeing just sort of the terrible economic conditions. They're in this horrible recession and uh, tensions are flaring up within the working class. And of course, with that comes racial tensions because you know, you're looking for somebody to blame, right? And uh, for your bad economic conditions. And so they actually had people in their own concerts at the, at the, uh, at the specials concerts fighting on the dance floor. Um, and so they wrote this song, this creepy uh, song that's uh, way more low key and like downbeat compared to their other stuff. Um, it's more of a slow reggae as opposed to like an upbeat ska. And it's, it's all about, um, you know, how the, the once, uh, uh, great cities of England are becoming uh, ghost towns now, and there's this economic depression, and there's fighting on the dance floor and stuff. Um, so that's what it's about. It's it's super creepy and scary, but it actually has a really poignant uh, sort of political and social uh, message to it. So actually, really interesting tune. Very interesting. Would you say those conflicts were happening in the countryside or the suburbs or? Uh, no, they were primarily uh, urban. All right, I'm just going to hit you for saying urban. <laughs> That's half the phrase. I'd use the phrase urban decay. Urban decay. Okay, and I, yeah. like, I don't know how I could walk you into that. Take half a drink for saying half the phrase, urban decay. <laughs> okay. okay, yes. It, 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 the song does highlight the urban decay and the, the shuttering of shops and, and uh, you know, the once vibrant cottage industries of of england are are shuddering now so yeah. that's that's what it's all about yeah absolutely and um i don't think we ever heard what you were drinking john what are you drinking uh well i've already finished a glass of red wine and i've moved on to some beer now red so. wine very nice. fitting red red Bloody. wine yeah exactly well yeah that too that too um oh. follow-up question what element of this song do you think is the spookiest is it say the organ the flute the hypnotic chanting the windy sound effects what would you say is the spookiest element of this song um i would say the spookiest thing is definitely the flute uh which was added actually very last minute to this song um the little uh kind of um the organ thing is great that's so spooky to me but i feel like if you listen to that in isolation uh it could just be pegged as sort of a a dub reggae sort of sound um the chanting and the vocals are pretty fucking spooky too but i think the flute is one element that if you heard it in isolation uh right off the bat it would send chills down your spine and it was like i said it was recorded last minute so they had the um it was recorded on tape of course and they had recorded the whole song and kind of they had it arranged such that you know every track on their tape machine was being used uh and so they recorded the whole song and then last minute they said oh let's add this flute and they had this guy take his flute and go stand up at the top of like a stairwell um and they put the mic down at the bottom. So all that kind of reverb, that ghostly reverb you hear on the flute, that is all real natural reverb. That's not a, a plate reverb or anything. No studio uh, yeah. reverb tank. That's that's how it was recorded. So again, if you heard that in isolation, you would get that 
ghostly reverb too. So, uh, and they recorded it over the, uh, the horn section. So it was kind of this thing where they were like, shit, he better get it right on the first take. Otherwise we're going to have to like, go find those guys who played the horns and have them re-record their whole entire part again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but he nailed it first try. So uh, uh, I would say the, the award goes to the flute to me. I like it. And a follow-up question. How many, how many tracks were on the tape machine that they were using? What did they have to work with? Um, in 1981, I'm going to say eight. You got it. You nailed it. And uh, that's not to say they didn't, they couldn't have done more. Apparently, I saw that Jerry Dahmer's, they recorded the album previous on a 24 track machine, and Dahmer's thought it was just overwhelming. So he was like, no, let's simplify. Let's go to eight tracks again and, and keep things simple. And then, yet, like, as you said, they were pushing the limit. Thought yeah. That was really fun. Yeah. And it's, and it, you can do tricks like bouncing. Uh, tracks down so you can get more out of your eight tracks but it's yeah it's 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 different i mean uh all the beatles stuff for instance i love to bring this up is that all the beatles stuff was at most four tracks wow yeah yeah you can do a lot with just a couple tracks in fact the the first 24 track uh recording tape tape recording machine was uh built bespoke uh for mr frank zappa i did not know that so yeah, that, that would have been late seventies, I guess. So I have another trivia question for you. Yeah. Uh, the person who recorded that flute part for this song in that stairwell, uh, that person was a member of another band. Do you know what that band was? Oh, uh, see, I, you I feel it? bad cause I, I don't, I don't, I did read it and I feel bad cause I don't even remember what his name was. So they didn't mention uh, his name. I don't know his name. I just know what band he was in. Wait, really? It, it oh, did shit. not mention him by name. It just said that he was a member of this band. What band? King. Oh, okay. The British new wave band King. Okay. I don't know. Fun. These are trivia. These are trivia questions that I prepared for you. This is good. Well, hey, I'm I hit all but one, didn't I? Yeah, you're doing well. Even though I (laughs) I should have probably like orientated my buzzwords around these questions, but I didn't. But that's okay. That's okay. We we still have plenty of time. What? Uh, But yeah, this is a great one. I I. I, uh, I, the music video again, not as cool as the thriller music video, but it is a classic music video of the band driving around in a big, uh, sedan of some sort through, uh, kind of these deserted British industrial parks late at night. And they're, uh, they're like swaying along to the music, you know, and, and, uh, yeah. it's super creepy and weird. And it, it does a good job of tying the Halloween vibe into the social commentary that they're trying to make. Um, it does a really good job of treading that line, I think. And, um, I uh, I just remember cruising around Halloween night. It would have been my probably sophomore year of high school. Um, my a buddy of mine, Weston. I had his girlfriend Sophia on. She talked about yeah. uh, bad, bad, not good, and right. and um, and Ghostface Killer. So Weston, her boyfriend, uh, his first car was a 1973 Cadillac Coupe de Ville, white, uh. um, and it was a piece of shit. He got it for like <laughs> he got it for like three grand or something. Yeah. But I remember Halloween night. We were like cruising around in that car. 
uh, listening to this song, Ghost Town by Specials, and it just felt so cool and That's so creepy vibe. and so atmospheric. And, uh, you know, that experience may have been enhanced by some other substances, which I'm not at liberty to uh, disclose at this time. But <laughs> yeah, that was a cool experience. And so this song will just forever be uh, in my heart as just, you know, the great Halloween anthem, you know? Yeah. How do you think most people are introduced to this song? Uh, everybody I know who's been introduced to it was introduced to it by me. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know of this song in any, uh, popular, uh, media or any, uh, uh, movie or I'm sure it's been used places. Uh, but just off the top of my head, I, I, uh, like I said, I always assume that people know this song and then they don't. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's been in a few movies. Has it? Sure has. Like what? <laughs> I um are these the buzzwords? I ser- I can I I seriously don't know. So. You see, okay, yeah, there's no way for me to coax you to say uh a movie. I was just my buzzword was literally mention a- any movie soundtrack. <laughs> so I was like just say any movie. See, I'm not as skilled at you at coaxing these words out. Uh, haven't had as much practice. I was trying. I was trying hard. Bro, I mentioned John Carpenter earlier. You couldn't coax it out then. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm just learning. I'm, I am. You are the master. I am the pad one. That's and, true. Uh, that's true. Uh, you know, I'm trying my best here. But that's uh, all right. That's okay. I got a few more for you. Okay. Okay. I got a few more for you. I'll, I will hopefully make you drink at least a little more. But I have uh, one more trivia question for you about this song, and it's not going to end in a buzzword, but there were also uh, two B-sides to this song. Do you know what they were called? Uh, yes, Friday night and Saturday morning, and why? You fucking got it. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Just Cheers drink because you're good at answering questions. I'll, I'll drink for the specials, man. Those are two great songs, by the way. Yeah. And a great point about the organ part is if you listen to the organ part on this song, Ghost Town, and then listen to the organ part on Friday night, Saturday morning, they're damn near identical. It's just this one's minor and that one's major. So do they you know use the same type of organ? Uh I would assume so, yeah. They were probably recorded at the same session. Hmm. You want me to say it? A specific type of organ a specific type of organ do i want you to say a specific type of organ i sure would love for you to say that okay if i if i had to guess he was probably playing a hammond b3 there you go (laughs) (laughs) nice i'm very subtle as you can see yeah that's all right we got to give the people what they want they want they want pain via alcohol ingestion they want pain they want more spooky stories schulte do you have any spooky stories yeah i was thinking about that when you guys were talking about your stories earlier i don't have like jake i don't have a personal experience but i did have something recently i have been living in seattle the last year and a few months ago i did a tour of the underground city beneath seattle for those who don't know uh, back in like the early 19th century, Seattle was built on like a muddy mogland near the water, and they had a bunch of issues with like plumbing and flooding, and it was just a huge mess. 
And eventually the solution was to like build on top of structures that had already been built. So there's a certain part of downtown Seattle that actually has like this underground layer. And you could do this like tourist tour where you, where a tour guide will take you through a few spots that still exist where you can go underground beneath buildings and walk through some, you know, old decrepit hallways and rooms of very old underground buildings. A little creepy, a little spooky, but a lo- very interesting. And they tell you the whole history of it as you go. And uh, I didn't see anything myself. I mean, it felt spooky because it was dark and cold and underground. But at the end of the tour, they show you this picture that apparently, you know, apparently uh, a guest on a previous tour had taken a picture and developed it on film and then later sent it back to the tour guide company because there was a faint image of a ghostly woman in one of the dark caverns of one of these underground buildings. And so they took a photo, developed it, sent it back to the tour. And uh, you know what? I don't, I don't know if anyone had the chance to doctor it. I don't know what's real. I don't know. But it sure looked like a fucking ghost of an old woman in that photo. That's pretty that's, badass. Yeah, that's yeah. really creepy. And um, it's kind of interesting. The, the woman, I believe, was uh, portrayed in the photo is this old madame who was in charge of a huge prostitution operation in Seattle uh, way back when, 100 years ago or so. Uh, prostitution was a very big booming business in Seattle early on in the city's history because it was a logging town. And there was a lot of men who came here for work, and they did not bring their families, they did not bring their wives, and so uh, prostitution was uh, very relevant, and still is a little bit relevant uh, in Seattle. And so apparently this woman, I believe, who is the ghost in the photo, is supposed to portray this old madame uh, businesswoman who was in charge of a very famous brothel operation. And uh, yeah, the photo is pretty creepy. Dang, dude. That's what I got. That is pretty creepy. I was going to ask, have you ever read any of the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark books? I have not. Jake, have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those were the shit back in the day. Yeah, those were cool as hell. I I uh, I they're probably still buried uh, in my mom's house somewhere, but I had all three of them at one point. Thing. I don't remember any of the stories, honestly. I just remember like the sketches. Like, yes. The pictures. Yes. I was literally about to say, like, I probably could not recite one of those stories, but like specifically that picture of like the woman, uh, like her face, like her kind of skeleton, like half decomposed face that was like a whole yes. page. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You literally <laughs> know the one I'm talking about. It dude, that scared the hell out of me when I was a little kid. Yeah, that's uh Honestly, just the cover itself, like a, the like the clown guy with the pipe in his mouth. Yeah, um, there's like yeah, there, there's a bunch of pictures that are scary. Didn't they make a movie? Oh, I I had like heard something about that. I didn't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it, or I I never even saw the like conclusion of that. Like I I had seen that they were like making one. Uh, did did it eventually come out? I I'm gonna look that up right now because uh 
I'm yeah. It looks like looks like it was. It's a it's a movie, all right. Um, came out the the trailer's from 2019, so I figure uh-huh. it's got an it's got an IMDb rating of 6.2 stars out of 10. That's um, not bad. So it's yeah, it seems like it's respectable. That's an um, okay movie. Yeah. For a horror movie yeah. too, I feel like horror movies lower trend bar, yeah, lower on those, yeah, yeah. Apparently, Guillermo del Toro had, oh. had something to do with this, so okay, my expectations are now higher. Yeah, yeah, can't be too bad. Yeah. Jeez, well, that's a good question for you. What's what's your favorite scary movie? For me, um. And I guess in in I'm not very well versed in classic horror movies. Um, probably one of the only ones I've seen is The Exorcist. But um, I guess for me, it'd probably be like Hereditary. I I really liked that movie when it came out. Okay, damn. Yeah, I've heard good things. I haven't actually seen that one myself. I'm more like well versed in like older stuff. But that's I've heard that that one's really good. I like that one a lot because it doesn't um it doesn't just like bank off of jump scares and stuff. It it's more like kind of disturbing imagery. So it's like it actually is kind of relying on being scary and stuff. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that. Did you ever see a uh, Midsummer? Oh, that's so uh, good. No. Oh, I John, you got to watch either. it. Watch that yeah. one. That's a great one. <laughs> Okay, I've, I've got to see that one then. Yeah, I was trying to think of ones to say until he said that, and I was like, oh, that's such a good one. Yeah. You know, it depends on how you frame the question, because, like, favorites versus, like, most scary, there's, like, a difference for me, you know? That was a yes. great one. Um, you know, I love a couple of the classics. The Shining is great, and of uh, Sixth Sense, okay. I thought, was really fun. But, uh, the like, the most, like frightened that i've ever been watching a movie was uh the hills have eyes oh that shit's scary that as fuck. shit just fucked me up we watched it <laughs> at a friend's house i don't know if you were there jake it might have been middle school it might have been before high school when i met jake but we watched it at a friend's house like in the middle of the night on like a classic middle school sleepover like sleep deprived put on a scary movie at midnight and that movie is just fucked up is the thing. It's very disturbing uh, in, its, in its themes and its imagery and the things that happen in the plot. And so it's not one of my favorites, but it, it forever is just in my mind and it stays with me because it was very disturbing. So now, if you're looking for that vibe, go watch The Hills Have Eyes. Now, was that the one from like the 70s or the one from like 2006? Uh, it was probably the early, the remake then because it didn't seem okay. too old. I didn't know. I didn't. I still to this day didn't realize there's an older version. Yeah. And I think uh, I think I've only seen the older one. OK. Uh, I'd assume it's similar. Scary. It's I same. It's the same plot. I think the new one is just a reboot of the old one. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's scary as fuck and really like gruesome and just it has that like kind of mutant like body horror type shit going on. Yeah. There's some yeah. there's some like infants in danger, to put it yes. lightly. There's some yes. sexual assault type scenes 
you know, there's some really just like bad things. Uh, so uh, it's disturbing is all is really all there is to say. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucked up one. Um, yeah, that's a crazy, scary one. <laughs> on that note, uh, on that note, uh, <laughs> with Parker Whirling. Uh, yes, with Parker Whirling. Um, I think about Parker cast every time I say that phrase. Now, on that note, right? Yeah, oh, let's uh, let's jump back into the music, John. You have one more song to talk about for us, and it'll be the final song of this podcast. What is your second choice? Uh, The second choice is Haunted House by Roy Buchanan. Uh, This is a really fun one because it's uh, not uh, spooky sounding like that special song was. Uh, It's a country song. Like if you heard it without the lyrics, you'd think it was just a a little banging little country song. And uh, it came out in 1972 on Roy Buchanan's... uh, Uh, eponymous debut album uh which i highly recommend you check out whether you're a country fan or not uh he's an incredible singer and songwriter and guitar player one of the most underrated guitar players of all time i think and uh he does some blues he does some country he does some kind of gospel stuff on there really cool uh album but haunted house always stuck out to me on that album uh because it's so upbeat it's so fun and the lyrics are so uh creative like they're so uh kind of like creepy and scary but it's that old school creepy and scary you know um he's talking about monsters with one eye appearing and stuff and it's just that kind of goofy uh almost like the flying purple people eater type song you know Mm -hmm. um back before the horror genre had really uh uh sort of coagulated into the handful of acceptable movie monsters we have now, you know, they were like, well, what if it just had like one eye and it was this big, hairy <laughs> thing? It was, you know, like just yeah. whatever. Um, the song was actually written uh, back in the 1950s by a guy named uh, Bob Geddens, um, who uh, kind of came to prominence in the forties and fifties. And uh, he wrote this song and someone else sang it here. I wrote it down. Uh, Bob Geddens wrote it. And then um, Johnny Fuller sang it and it was released in 1958, but then it later became a, a, a hit uh, in 1964 when it was sung by a uh, jumping Gene Simmons, uh, who no, no relation to kiss Gene Simmons. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then yeah 19, 1972 mr roy buchanan does his version and uh his version to me is the best version i like it the most it has a really uh interesting uh lead guitar part running through it like some really interesting textures and he's doing this kind of staccato like palm muted thing that's uh really interesting for the time and i, I don't know he's just a really inventive guitar player and it's it's an interesting song about a guy who buys a a new house and he's proud of his new house but uh, he gets there and realizes that it's a haunted house and that there are monsters and ghosts living there and they're all trying to scare him off and make him leave. Uh, but he resolutely uh, decides to stay because he uh, he bought the house and it's his house now. So he's not going to let them drive him off. And it's just kind of a fun one. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned there's a few different versions of this song. Were there any other versions later on? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, not that I know of. I only know of the earlier versions. I don't know who else did it. That's okay. I'll just go ahead and tell you. Kids Bop. <laughs> kids Bop did this song. There's a Kids Bop There's version? There's a Kids Bop version. <laughs> oh, dear God. 
Okay. Uh, so you you can cross off that uh, buzzword from your list. Uh, Kids Bop <laughs> did this song, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's not great. Uh, it's not great. I think it's actually just like a version. I'm not sure if it was. It used an older version. I don't know if it was Buchanan's or Fuller's, and then the kids just sang like an echoey chorus in the background. They didn't even like fully do the song, so <laughs> that's pretty scary in itself. So that's scary. Yeah, nothing is scarier than the uh, music industrial complex <laughs> that is Kids Bop. Oh man! But you, uh, you answered multiple of my trivia questions already. Obviously, hitting the uh, the Bob Geddens and the Johnny Fuller. But uh, you know what else makes this song spooky, John? What? Could you possibly tell us how Roy Buchanan died? Oh, he, uh, oh, shoot. Actually, uh, oh, fuck. Wait, how did Roy Buchanan die? Um, I actually forget how he died, but he died young, right? He yep. died in, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know his exact age. I believe he was in his 50s, uh, somewhere around he, there. But uh, he, did he? Have, he had he had heart problems, or uh, hey, I'll what, give you no, some time if you want some time. You tell me All when right. you want me to tell you. Uh, you you can just tell me. So yeah, he had some issues of his own, uh, health issues, of course. But uh, he might have been in his fifties. I didn't look at the exact year, but apparently, uh, eventually, there was an incident at his home. Uh, the police were called for a domestic disturbance, unknown of what nature exactly, but uh, Mr. Buchanan was arrested and sent to jail, and the next morning they found him hung by his t-shirt, and it was ruled a suicide. He had his t-shirt wrapped around his neck, hung to a jail cell bar. Official ruling was suicide. There are many skeptics to that ruling. Really? You think maybe the, the cops did him in? You know what? I don't think anything. All I know is what I read. And yeah. uh, there's some skeptics out there. Interesting. I actually didn't know there was that uh, controversy about his death. Yeah. I just, it adds a fun element to this episode and this spooky song. Yeah, I actually had no idea. I I uh, I didn't realize there was controversy surrounding his death. That's wild. Um, dang, but that does add an extra kind of like supernatural, creepy element to this thing. In fact, you know what it adds, uh, and I've been meaning to talk to you about this. Is it adds an element of true crime to the true podcast. crime podcast, <laughs> which, <laughs> which the which ultimate I, genre <laughs> of podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to say, we need to find a way to pivot bands, beers, and buzzwords into a true crime podcast. That would get us that, more popularity, <laughs> for sure. That's that's the moneymaker right there. So <laughs> maybe we start here. Maybe we start with uh, the death of Roy Buchanan. This is officially a true crime podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's good. Um, what What element of this song do you think is spookiest as you mentioned uh to most listeners it might just sound like a country song to many people do you think it's the lyrics that are the spookiest do you think it's 
how joyful and excited Buchanan seems to be about being at odds with a ghost and uh, how excited he is to fight this ghost over his house. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say the, the lyrics in general, uh, are pretty spooky. Like I said, the monsters that he conjures up are pretty, uh, different and out there, uh, for a modern audience. I would say specifically the spookiest part is, uh, when he's, uh, he, he's in the second verse and he's in the kitchen right. and he's about to put this, uh, piece of raw meat into the pan to cook. Uh, and he's making some coffee in his pot and the, uh, the apparition appears right on top of the stove and it um it uh it drinks the boiling coffee and then takes the raw meat out of his hand and eats it and uh oh, i thought yeah. that was a pretty that was a pretty uh pretty great way to show that this thing is uh unearthly and really mean and means business you know um you know you, you think of uh other horror tropes of you know, blood or black eyes, or it's, you know, twisting its head around backwards or this or that. But you see something drink the boiling hot coffee pot and then eat a, a, a raw steak or something right in front of you. That's pretty messed up, dude. That's, that's pretty scary. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. So that, that is the line that to me always stands out is when he sings about that. And, uh, you know, we were talking about building guitars earlier. What type of guitar does Roy Buchanan play? Do you know? Oh, uh, he, he played a Blackguard Telecaster. I think it was a 1954. Uh, was it a 54 top loader? I don't think it was a 52. I'll, I'll say that. I don't think it was hey, a 52. Hey, John, you're real a... close. You're real close. <laughs> you might say oh, it a fi- 52 or 54, but. Oh, so it 53 telly. So still in the Blackguard era, 1953 Blackguard Telecaster. You're damn right. You're damn right. And you should take a drink. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) And just fun tidbit, uh, because I'm I'm sort of being loose on the rules here. My buzzword was specifically bring up Roy Buchanan's 53 Telecaster with the nickname Nancy. Apparently his guitar was nicknamed Nancy. I, I thought for sure you would just say this because you love guitars so much. But uh, I'm happy to uh, walk you straight into the fire and uh, have you take a drink. Yes, Nancy. I yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a cool guitar. That's uh, my most recent guitar build was a uh, a Telecaster that I modeled on uh, the old early '50s tellies. So Jake has a telly. I sure do. Oh really? I have a. Uh, it's it. I did not build it. Some some other person built it but it's a uh i don't know it's they're called like the usa professional it has like yeah. a humbucker in the bridge and then it has a uh has like the regular old tele single coil and the uh in the neck got got some uh coil split in action too for ultimate tone versatility ultimate yeah, tone versatility versatility but yeah it's it's a great guitar i like it Nice. I didn't know that you that you built that tally. The the one that you played at the show last weekend? That was a uh, show. Yeah. That was that built was by wow. by me. Yeah. I oh, built yeah. that. Yeah. So that one, it doesn't look like an old fifties telly. I was gonna do like a fifties, you know, kind of butterscotch uh blackguard telly like Roy Buchanan's, but um the the place I was buying the body from, they sold out of the 
the the butterscotch body. So I went with this turquoise. Um, but in terms of its like appointments, like it has the three saddle uh, brass bridge and and all that. It's got the big one inch gigantic neck on it, which I love. And and uh, you know, it's 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 fun. I love that guitar. Yeah, it, lo- it looks very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Very nice. Well, I think we're uh, I think we're almost wrapping up. Yeah, that's it for me, man. Those are those are my songs. So we got we have eight songs that were mentioned, six songs that were discussed in depth. Uh, pretty good. If you uh, are throwing a Halloween party, we'll share these songs on a playlist, and we'll share John's playlist as well, so you could. You could have like an hour long party to the to the main playlist or have like a three hour playlist uh, for a longer party. If you listen to John's playlist. Uh, But yeah, that's that's some good spooky Halloween music right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these are all certifiably spooky songs. Um, I'm stoked we got to talk about them. I'm stoked we got to do this special episode. Me too. Does anyone have any final topics or questions to put forth i don't think i do no have a happy halloween everybody um go ahead and share this and i don't know dm us your halloween costume and we'll repost it i don't know if you're having (laughs) a if you're having a if you're having a party and you're listening to the playlist send us a picture or a video or something we'll repost it uh yeah, hey, happy Halloween. Hey, straight up, you send us a picture of you in your costume, and just even all you have to do is tell me that you listened to this and you were playing a playlist. We'll we'll send you a t-shirt. We'll send you a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds good. What are you guys being for Halloween? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to be Peter yeah. Pan. And That's is your fun. is your is your girlfriend gonna be like Tinkerbell or something? She sure is, John. She sure okay. is. I was I was gonna say <laughs> that would be spooky as hell as if you're like, no, she's gonna be a vampire. Like, you know, like <laughs> I just wanted to be Peter Pan. Like, you know. <laughs> that would um, be weird. That would be creepy. <laughs> that would be creepy, not scary. That would be creep. That would, that would be, be creep, creep if I was <laughs> if I was half of a couple costume for no reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I shall be Peter Pan and uh, yes my girlfriend Katrina the lovely Katrina will be Tinkerbell it's going to be a good time what about you boys uh, I'm also doing a, a couple's costume so uh, I'm going to be an alien and my girlfriend is going to be an astronaut no fucking way you know what Yeah, me and Katie did that uh two or three years ago but reversed i was an astronaut she was an alien jake you were there uh it was for your show in (laughs) la that one year where we all got that airbnb in la oh yes oh yes oh yeah that was a couple years ago damn three two or three years ago i don't remember but i was yeah we did the inverted of that Yes. That's a great one. I was I was Takashi Six Nine. You were Halloween. <laughs> you sure were. And, and he performed I'll, that night. It oh. was it was the the rainbow wig was very distracting that show. But it it was worth it. Wait, so you dressed as Takashi Six Nine at a Takashi Six Nine show? No, no. it was <laughs> it was his show. 
It was I a wish. Oh, at your show. It oh, was I a, see. a oh, vaudeville wish. revival performance. Jake, Jake, <laughs> okay. Jake's old man. <laughs> okay. Okay. I gotcha. Uh-huh. Vaudeville revival is sick, though. I heard your stuff uh, oh, when we were you. doing the uh, the cult covers. Yes. We should do that again oh, yes. sometime. We actually should. Round two of that. Oh, I, wow. It's funny. I was like, it was super last minute. I was trying to think of another song to put in my set list, and I almost did yours, Schultzy, the one that I covered, Time Well Wasted. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe I'll still do that. That's a cool song. I would I would be honored if you would. That would be that would be nice. Oh yeah. I like your version better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, thank you. J- um, Jake, what's your Halloween costume? I'll be honest, I don't know yet. I, oh, uh, you bitch. Just, I don't know. I know. I don't know what I'm doing for Halloween yet. I might be working still. I might just go fly to, to Seattle. Ski. Fly to Seattle. Come hang out with me. Well, it's either I'm working or I'm going to see this band, the Schizophrenics, with my dad, actually, in San Diego. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they're they're super sick. They're they're punky. They're their their shows are wild. They run all over the place. Um, so it will be something that is thrown together last minute. Loki might might even repeat the Takashi costume, although it won't be as as funny or relevant. But I still I still am undecided on my costume. So well, very unsatisfying answer, but that's all I got. Uh, for. Whatever listeners are out there at this point in the podcast, if you'd like to send in suggestions for what Jake's yes. costume should be, please, please send us a DM <laughs> on Instagram at Redefining Records. Tell us what Jake should dress up as for Halloween. Please do it. My my suggestion, Jake, a great one that'll score you a lot of points, and it's like super easy to do. Uh, one year I was. Uh, I was uh, John Travolta. I forget uh, the name of the actual character, but you know, Pulp Fiction, John Travolta. Yeah. Uh, but I was John Travolta after they blew the guy's head, th- head uh. off. <laughs> and, and they're at they're at Quentin Tarantino's house. And so he's in like the little track shorts and the UC Santa Cruz t-shirt and flip-flops. So it's super easy. You just slick your hair back, UC Santa Cruz t-shirt, track shorts. And I, I was carrying like a little airsoft gun with me. Cause you know, he had his handgun, but that's, you know, I don't know if you could get away with that, but <laughs> <laughs> at very least it's just a, it's a UC Santa Cruz shirt and some track shorts and, and you're there. People will think it's awesome. I was maybe contemplating the dude. Oh, the that's it. Just oh, like, yeah. yeah. Bathrobe. I probably can't wear boxes at work, but you know, you get the idea. <laughs> Walk around with a white Russian in hand. <laughs> 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 but yeah. That's that's actually a badass uh, costume idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. All right, John. Now I'm inspired. John, yep. wrap us up. It's your podcast. All right, guys. That's right. <laughs> um, we we forgot to plug these at the beginning, but of course, this is a Redefining Records production. So uh, follow Redefining Records on Instagram. Uh, check out redefiningrecords.com for updates on this podcast or Andrew's podcast sounds for thought uh, or any other music reviews and updates and little think pieces. It's really cool. Um, uh, follow me. I'm Delta dagger music on Instagram. I'll post updates for this pod as well as uh, my music and other random crap there that you probably don't care about. Uh, Andrew, what are your uh, socials? 
you know, I don't have much to plug besides the redefining record stuff that you already plugged. So I'm good. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a terrifying. What about, what about Jake? What t- about Jake? Jake, <laughs> Jake actually uh, could... has uh, some music coming out soon. No, I sure do. Next week, actually, Ooh. I have my first two songs uh, solo. Um, you can follow me at Count Harriet. Uh, that's count like counting numbers, and then Harriet H A R R I E T. It's count um, like Count 5th, Dracula. Count Dracula. Count Dracula Harriet, and uh, yeah, November fifth. You got, or yeah, November fifth. Yes, that's when my songs are coming out. Songs. Look out for those. Is it a single? Is it an EP? What are we two looking songs. for? Two uh, songs. Uh, gonna be two songs. An A side and a B side. You say? A side and a B side. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Well, that's it's, great. Uh, yeah, songs. Lovely. That's all yeah. I got. Well, sweet. That sounds good to me. Um, shit. Happy Halloween, guys. Happy Halloween. Boo. Boom. Bye. Boo. <laughs>